When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Forza Napoli Calcio Podcast. This is a podcast all about Napoli, of course, but you don't have to be a Napoli fan to enjoy it. If you're a Serie A fan, if you're a football fan, looking for the inside scoop on all things Napoli, this is the place to be. I'm your host, Joe Fischetti. Thank you, as always, for listening. This is a mini-podcast to preview our match against Lazio. Lazio come into this round sitting 6th in the table on 43 points. They're 1 point ahead of Fiorentina, but Fiorentina have a game in hand against Udinese. Lazio have only lost 1 of their last 9 matches, and as a result, they've quietly closed the gap on some of the teams above them. The 1 loss was to Inter 2-1. They also tied Empoli, Atalanta, and Udinese along the way. The draw to Udinese was their most recent match in Serie A. Lazio came from behind to draw that match 1-1, so that match ended a run of four straight clean sheets for Lazio. That's been a big reason for Lazio's recent run of form. Their biggest issue in the first half of the season was that they were simply conceding too many goals. In the first half of the season, only six teams, Empoli, Sampdoria, Spezia, Genoa, Cagliari, and Salernitana, had conceded more goals than Lazio, and you can see by some of those names, they're mostly clubs at the bottom of the table. So far, in the second half of the season, only one team has conceded fewer goals than Lazio. It just so happens that that one team is Napoli. I don't think it's a coincidence that Lazio's improvement in form has coincided with Thomas Strakosha taking over as the starting goalkeeper ahead of Pepe Reina. Strakosha started every game since match day 16, and Lazio have a record of 6 wins, 3 draws, and 2 losses. That's tied with Milan for 2nd best record in the league over that stretch of games only 2 points behind Juventus. In theory, Inter would have a better record as well if they won their game in hand, but the point is, we're unfortunately running into Lazio when their form is the best it has been all season, just like we did with Barcelona. 
I think another important change Maurizio Sarri made was playing Luis Alberto from the first minute a bit more consistently because he's played really well lately as well. Like us, Lazio were eliminated from the Europa League on Thursday. They actually played much better against Porto than we did against Barcelona. The match finished 2-2, but Lazio lost the first leg 2-1 in Portugal, so they lost the tie 3-2 on aggregate. It was a really entertaining match, though. Both sides had tons of chances, so it really could have gone either way. Chiro Immobile looked really sharp, especially when you consider that he's been dealing with the flu, which is why he didn't play against Udinese. He actually scored three goals in about a four-minute span in the first half, but two of them were ruled out for offside. He also hit the upright just before Cataldi scored the equalizer. So Immobile did not miss a beat after sitting out the Udinese match. In fact, he may have benefited from that. Lazio have become incredibly reliant on Immobile to get results. I listen to the Lazio Lounge podcast pretty regularly and on the latest episode they had Stephen Moore as a guest. Steven is the founder of the website The Laziali and he shared an incredible stat which is that Lazio's win rate when Immobile is in the squad is about 56% compared to about 28% when he's not in the squad. So Lazio are about twice as likely to win when he plays and he's played nearly 200 games for Lazio so that's a pretty good sample size. A lot of Laziali were really unhappy with Ilitare's winter mercato because Lazio got rid of a lot of players, but they didn't bring too many players in. It also didn't help that Tare proclaimed that this was one of their best mercatos ever. It was as if he was bragging about offloading deadweight players, even though he was the one who brought many of those players in in the first place. He also completely ignored the fact that they didn't sign any replacements for the players that they offloaded, so Lazio actually reduced their squad depth in the winter. One of the positions they reduced their depth at was at striker, Lazio loaned Vedat Murici to Mallorca in La Liga. Now, most Lazali felt like they robbed Mallorca with that deal because Murici was so poor for Lazio, but I suppose something is better than nothing. Lazio had to play Felipe Anderson as striker for that Udinese match because they no longer have a backup striker. Fortunately for Laziali, Immobile will be available for this match, as will Pedro. He left the Udinese match after aggravating a hamstring injury that I believe he originally suffered against Lernitana, but Pedro played the final 20 minutes of the Porto match, so he's expected to play against Napoli. Finally, Francesco Acerbi is also expected to be back in the squad. He also missed a number of games with a hamstring injury, so the only player that Lazio will be missing is Manuel Lazzari. He is currently out with, you guessed it, a hamstring injury as well. Meanwhile, I was surprised to see that Stanislav Lobotka was included in Napoli's squad list for this match, but I'd be even more surprised if he started. Saturday's training report said that he worked with the team and did personalized training on the pitch. That tells me that he is most likely an emergency option only, and he probably will not feature in this match. We'll also still be missing Axel Twanzebe, Kevin Malqui, Andre Frank Zamboangisa, and Chucky Lozano. Twanzebe has lower back pain and Angisa has a torn adductor. They both worked out in the gym on Saturday. Lozano seems to be the closest to a return from his shoulder injury. He's doing customized training on the pitch. And Malqui is probably the furthest away from a return. He is doing therapy on the calf injury he picked up against Cagliari. So with that, let's get to the starting lineups. To save myself some time, I reached out to my good friend and massive Laziale Jerry Mancini to see who he thinks would start for Lazio. He has Sadi lining up in his usual 4-3-3 with Thomas Strakosha in goal. 
He has Francesco Acerbi and Luis Felipe starting at center back. I'm curious to see if Acerbi actually starts. In fact, I hope he does. Acerbi has shown a significant decline in form this season, so I think Osman can really do a lot of damage if he's matched up against Acerbi. Personally, I'd be surprised to see Acerbi start, though, just because he hasn't played in nearly two months. If he doesn't start, then in all likelihood, Patrick would play with Felipe. Jerry has Stefan Radu at left back and Adam Marusic at right back. There's some uncertainty there as well. Many websites have LCD Hisai playing at right back, which would then free Marusic to play at left back. Jerry has Lucas Leva playing as the Regista behind Luis Alberto and Sergei Milinkovic Savic. I'm inclined to agree with Jerry there. Alberto and Milinkovic Savic are pretty much guaranteed to start, but we could possibly see Danilo Cataldi start over Lucas Leva. Perhaps Sadi rewards Cataldi for scoring against Porto. Finally, Jerry has Matias Zaccani on the left wing, Felipe Anderson on the right wing, and Chido Immobile at striker. I think that's spot on. Maybe Pedro starts on the right wing, but I think Anderson will get the start. For Napoli, there's been some speculation about whether Spalletti will line up in his usual 4-2-3-1 or possibly switch to a 4-3-3. The logic behind the 4-3-3 would be to provide a little more protection in the midfield, which has been an area of concern with both Lobotka and Anguissa out. In either case, David Ospina will be back in goal. Both formations feature a back four. Kalidou Koulibaly and Amir Rachmani will likely start at centre-back. Mario Rui should start at left-back again, and Giovanni Di Lorenzo should start at right-back. Regardless of whether we play a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3, I think the midfield three will basically be the same. Personally, I think we're going to play a 4-2-3-1 with Diego Dem and Fabian Ruiz in the double pivot and Piotr Zielinski in the number 10. If we played a 4-3-3, then Zielinski would simply play deeper. Now, Calcio Napoli 24 actually has Elif Elmas starting over Diego Deme, but I'd be very surprised to see that considering the midfield we will be playing against. Lorenzo Insigne will start on the left wing and we should see Matteo Politano start on the right wing. Finally, I think we'll see Victor Osman start at striker. As I mentioned last episode, the bandage we saw on his knee after the Barcelona match was there for precautionary reasons only, and Spalletti said in his pre-match conference that he is fit to play the full 90 minutes. However, I do think we'll see Dries Mertens feature at some point during this match because he has an excellent history playing against Lazio. So those are our starting lineups. Next, let's get to our three keys to the match. My first key to the match is that we need to take a lot of shots on target and we need to be the first to the rebounds. I talked about how Lazio's success of late has correlated with Thomas Strakosha being the starting goalkeeper. He's made at least one or two big saves in almost every match he's played this season. Other than the Raspadori goal in the Sassuolo match, he hasn't had much of a chance on any of the goals that Lazio have conceded. Maybe you could include the Manolo Gabidini goal in the Sampdoria match as well, but I thought that was a pretty good shot. That said, I've noticed that Strakosha doesn't exactly have the best hands. He makes quality saves, but he tends to drop his catches, and he occasionally pushes the ball into dangerous areas. So that's why I want us to take a lot of shots on targets, because two things can happen. We could pick the corners and score, or we could hit the target and potentially have second opportunities on the rebounds. My second key to the match is that we need to play in a mid-block. Now, we typically play a mid-block anyway, so this shouldn't be anything out of the ordinary, but it's especially important that we do that in this match. With that front three of Zakani, Immobile, and Anderson, we definitely do not want to play a high line. We saw Fiorentina attempt that against Lazio, and Immobile absolutely destroyed them. 
He's having another incredible season. He's one goal shy of having his sixth 20-plus goal season in Serie A. Only Giuseppe Meazza and Gunnar Nordahl have done better. They've each scored 20-plus goals in seven Serie A campaigns. Matias Zakani has been absolutely on fire since he returned from his knee injury. Zakani has four goals and six assists in his last 11 matches, so he's averaging nearly one goal contribution per match during that stretch. His best match was against Bologna where he scored a doppietta and he won the penalty that led to the third goal. He also hit the upright in the Atalanta match so Di Lorenzo is going to have his hands full in this match. There's actually going to be a lot of individual matchups in this match to look out for. Finally you have Felipe Anderson who scored against Udinese but hasn't been the most prolific goal scorer this season. He started the season well and then dropped off a little bit but he has the pace and he can be a dangerous playmaker. So we can't play a high line, but we also don't want to play too low either because that will leave too much space in the midfield. And that brings me to my third key to the match is that we need to hold our own in the midfield. You'll notice I've set the bar pretty low here. I'm not saying we need to win the battle of the midfield. All I'm asking for is that we put up a decent fight because Demis simply hasn't been good enough covering for Angisa and Lobotka. Barcelona owned us in the midfield in both legs of our European tie. Inter owned us in the midfield, particularly in the second half. Even Cagliari won the midfield battle in that match. Now we come up against two of the best midfielders in all of Serie A, and Luis Alberto and Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, who will actually be celebrating his 27th birthday on the day of the match. The midfield is what I'm most concerned about right now. It's so difficult for us to play our game if we lose the midfield, and this is why the 4-3-3 wouldn't surprise me at all. I think this is also why Lobotka is in the squad, even though he probably shouldn't be. For my prediction, I'm going to go with a 2-1 Napoli win. I'll give our goals to Viktor Osimhen and Piotr Zelensky, and I'll give the Lazio goal to Ciro Immobile. I think this is going to be a very tight match. Despite the history of this fixture, I think it's going to be low scoring, but I have Napoli eking out the win. For whatever reason, we seem to get the better of Lazio more often than not. Every team has that opponent that seems to have their number like Hellas Verona is for us. The first meeting was probably our best performance of the season, though I imagine Maurizio Sarri and Lazio will be eager to redeem themselves. I'm recording this late on Saturday, so we already know that both Milan and Inter dropped points with their draws to Udinese and Genoa respectively. We also know that Juventus hung on to defeat Empoli 3-2, which means for the third consecutive round, we have an opportunity to move top of the table. We missed the opportunity against Inter because we didn't want to risk losing points. We missed the opportunity last round against an informed Caliente club that is currently competing for survival. Now we have a chance away from home at the Olimpico against another informed side in Lazio. This match could easily end in a draw or even a loss, but I'm going to put my faith in our boys. A loss would be devastating because it would allow Juventus to pull within 4 points of us in the table. So would Atalanta if they beat Sampdoria on Monday. But I don't think we're playing as poorly as some people think we are. I'll reiterate that Barcelona is an extremely talented club and another club that is in form, so I wouldn't take too much away from that tie. I hate to admit it, but all Italian clubs have been struggling in Europe for a while now, so Lazio is certainly a club that we are capable of beating, and I think Spalletti and his players know that. So that will do for this preview. I hope you enjoy the match. Before I let you go, be sure to check out this week's Napolitan Song of the Week, which is Maldestro's Abicura di Te. 
Antonio Prestieri, known professionally as Maldestro, started out as a playwright before he started producing albums. His first album, Non Trova Le Parole, was runner-up for the Best Debut Album at Targatenko, which is one of the most prestigious Italian music awards. And in 2017, his Canzone per Federica finished second for newcomers at the San Remo Music Festival. So that will do for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it with a friend and leave us a rating on your favorite podcast platform. If you'd like to further support the show, you can do that on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Pod. As always, if you'd like to get a hold of me, you can find me on Twitter at Joe underscore Fischetti5, or you can find the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pod. I'll be back next week to review this match as well as our latest Primavera and Femenile matches. But until then, I'm Joe Fischetti. Forza Napoli sempre! Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.